Welcome to The Six Figure Therapist, where we discuss professional and practical ways for mental health practitioners to help others and make money. Here's your host, Dr. Arcella. All right. Hello, I am Dr. Arcella and I want to welcome you. I am so excited and I have a very special guest here and I can't wait. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and then I'm going to let her tell a little bit more about herself. So we have Dr. Stephanie Norris here. She is a licensed professional counselor and a licensed addiction counselor. Her clinic currently has two locations in Denver and Littleton, Colorado. Dr. Norris's clinic offers evaluation and therapeutic services. In addition, she offers master level paid internships and will be expanding to include a doctoral internship and postdoctoral positions in 2023 when she becomes a licensed psychologist. Dr. Norris currently has a staff of nine employees with five more being added in the fall. Her goals are to continue to hire new clinicians, offer the highest standard of care and expand north to Denver in 2023. So you are doing it. You are doing a lot. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. So you want to expand and just tell a little bit more about yourself? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on today. I am so excited to be a part of this for you uh, for so many reasons. So let's, let's start. So first of all, why don't you tell everybody, I've known you for some years now. So can you want to just tell how we met? And one of the things that I, I'm, I'm enjoying on the podcast is I'm going to ask you stuff that I don't even know the answer to. So if you know, we started off in a mentor relationship and mentoring and I was mentoring you, but I don't even know how you came to come talk to me or anything. So maybe if you can share with, you know, share that. Yeah. So goodness, I, I can't even remember the year that I met you. It's been so long. I want to say it was 2016, maybe 2017. Um, you were one of the first professors in my doctoral program, actually, at one of my residencies to get up and just give a brief summation about yourself. You had indicated you had this successful private practice and that you had team members and employees and that you were really just kind of kicking butt. And I looked at you and was like, I want to be her. I need to figure out how to be Dr. Trimble. And so through a series of residencies where I had to talk with you about school, I remember going to you the very first time that I met you and saying, Dr. Trimble, I want you to be my dissertation chair. And you were just like, um, it doesn't work that way, lady. Like, <laughs> there are a lot of steps we have to take to get there. And I just remember being intentional about staying in contact with you between every single residency. I got your contact information. That was on purpose because I wanted to network with you. I wanted to figure out what it was you were doing um, so I could mimic that. And maybe even take it a scale 
just a step up. Uh, you took it way up, lady. <laughs> you took it way up. And, and that's the thing. But I don't even know how we started because I, I do remember the dissertation chair piece. And of course, she was persistent and I did become her dissertation chair. So I did help her make her a doctor. So I'm very, very proud of her for that. She did well. But but I don't know how we started talking about business. So I think you just would combine the two when we were talking or... Yeah, so it was through a series of every single residency you were at. And so I continually approached you and just came up with stuff to talk about seriously. Um, and I started to ask you about your private practice. In particular, I remember the very first question I asked you was, how do you get an employee? Like, how did you do that? And so you literally sat down with me. I got out a pen and paper and you said, you need to get an intern. You need to either A, get an intern or B, put an Indeed posting on and hire somebody who is post graduate school, like looking for licensure, hours to collect for licensure. And you told me exactly what to do. You said you need a contract. You're going to pay them a, you told me at the time it was a 60-40 split. Okay. That's what you recommended. And you're going to get them just a little office space. You're going to get yourself a little office space. You're not going to spend a lot of money on your office space. And you're just going to start feeding them clients. You're just going to start advertising that you've got this intern or this like postgraduate pre-licensed individual on your staff and you need clients for them. So I remember going home and doing exactly what you told me. Mm -hmm. And I hired my very first person. Then we had a residency about three months later. And I went back to you and said, okay, I did exactly what you said, but I am not getting her clients. I have no idea how to get clients. Every time they call, I am telling them about this intern that has open positions because I did end up hiring an intern. Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh, no, 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 no. You are saying it all wrong. You need to say this. And so you gave me the very specific script every time I got somebody. And you even told me out of pocket, don't charge more than $50 per hour, per session for that individual. So I went home and I did exactly what you told me to do. I remember coming back three months later and telling you, Dr. Trimble, she's full. Mm -hmm. She can't take any more clients and she has 24 sessions per week. And I just remember you just doing this happy dance and I was doing the happy dance. I was so excited. And I said, well, how do I get another one? And then you were like, whoa, why don't you get through your dissertation first and your internship before you go and do that, uh, which is exactly what I did. 
Okay. And so then, so you started building it. And I even, I remember some of those conversations and I still didn't know how far you were going to go. Cause I don't even remember your true vision. And I wondered, like you said, each few months, did your vision change over time? Like what, what was, so as you kept adding, like, did you have a vision? Did you have a monetary vision or did you have a, a practice vision? Like what, or both or? It was both. I wanted to be a six-figure therapist. That that was my primary goal and uh, from a financial perspective. But my big picture goal was to own a clinic in several locations in the state of Colorado where I reside and to build a team that was so cohesive and bonded with ethical individuals where we weren't gossiping, but we were treating each other with a lot of respect. And uh, I remember coming to you and talking to you specifically about employees and the relationships with employees and you giving me advice about how you treat your staff and how you yourself, I remember you telling me um, that you didn't pay, I believe it was like pay your interns for report writing or something. I can't remember exactly, but that you'd always give them a little extra Mm -hmm. um, as a token of appreciation for their hard work and for their um, effort. But in addition, you always told me it treats them like a professional. Mm-hmm. And that they would in turn treat you and your clients and your practice um, with the respect that it deserved and that you could create this team environment that was so cohesive and bonded um, that adding individuals would just kind of like fit like a glove. Mm-hmm. And so my overarching goal was to have my own clinic in several locations providing both evaluation and therapeutic services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. So I do always say pay people well, right? Pay them their worth. And like you said, if you can give them bonus, whether that's time, whether that's praise, whether that's money, you know, you definitely want to treat people well, especially if you appreciate their work, because then you won't have to worry when you're not there. You won't have to worry about how they're treating your clients and how they're treating your business, because like you said, they'll be a part of them too. It'll be their business as well. So, okay. Okay. Now, so then how did you end up? Because I just found out today you have nine I like I didn't even know you had that many so how did you end up with nine people like oh my gosh so what what so that's just because of the different locations or yeah well my primary location is in the Denver Tech Center DTC in Denver it's a pretty popular area. So that's kind of where my, I guess you could call it my headquarters is going to be Mm -hmm. um, and where we have launched from. And so what I did, I was in my internship last year, finishing up school, finishing up my dissertation, and I couldn't work very much. Mm -hmm. And I went back to good old Dr. Trimble telling me, hire people, add people to your staff. And so I did that and I added last year three individuals 
Yes, three individuals last year, kind of at the beginning of the year and towards the end of the year when I knew that I was finishing, when I knew my dissertation was done, um, of course, because of you. And uh, we, I was able to add an office manager. I remember having a conversation with mm -hmm. you before COVID hit. And I specifically, you wanted me, basically what you taught me was do everything. Know your business yeah. in and out. Be able to submit to insurance companies, collect bills, um, submit invoices, do the scheduling. You wanted me, your advice was really like get in at the groundwork and do everything. And then when you get big or when you add people or you get busy doing something else, that's another key point you told me is in this field to diversify. Yeah. Have your hand in many different things, not just therapy, because that's how we burn out, which you are so correct about. And so you told me once you get to a space where you're able to diversify, hire an office manager, have that individual, teach that individual everything with some oversight so you can catch mistakes. So that is precisely what I did. I added three people. One of them was an office manager. Two of them were therapists. This was at the beginning of last year. And then towards the end of last year, I added the rest of my staff. And I currently just got through applications and hired five more people that will be starting in August. Wow. So, okay, so let me ask you some practical stuff then. So your locations, are you renting them or did you buy any buildings or are you renting? I am renting. I signed a five-year lease on my DTC office and a three-year lease on my Littleton office. Okay. Now, do you have like big spaces where everybody can come or do they come like rotate in and out? I, my DTC office has 11 offices. Ooh. A conference room. It's a very large space. Oh my gosh. Um, it has a reception area, kitchen. I have a testing room. I have a very expansive storage room for all of my testing materials. My Littleton space is smaller because my focus is not on Littleton right now. My focus is on Denver and uh, creating that as just like a well-oiled machine that just kind of operates without me. Mm -hmm. um, so Littleton has two offices, a very small kitchen, but a pretty large reception area. Okay. All right. And so then, so tell me then, what are you doing in the business now? So are you seeing clients or are you mostly overseeing the business? Kind of where are you at now? I am, I was overseeing the business up until I want to say maybe the beginning of this year. So I was pretty heavy handed in just everything, just the daily operations, the billing, absolutely everything. And I have now at the beginning of the year transitioned all of the kind of operation of the business to my office manager. I found an office manager that I trust, that is trainable, that is really a very good fit to be a leader. 
um, very similar to myself as far as detail oriented um, and very objective and so on and so forth. So she really does the, the daily operational like tasks, if you will, for the business. I see therapy clients and I do evaluations. Typically, I, on average, I would say I do two evaluations per month. I don't really want to do too many of them to take away from my my future goals, really, and being able to have my hand in my business. But also, I take supervision very, very seriously. I have a number of intern students, and I have a number of individuals that are postgraduate who will almost be licensed. And so, I spend a pretty significant amount of time prepping for supervision and helping my staff to become really the best therapist that they want, but helping them to really reach their goals. Mm -hmm. So now are you still charging the $50 for them or are they doing insurance? Like what are you doing in terms of payment for them? Yeah, so that is a great question. I am able to do um, from an insurance perspective, um, some of them go through insurance and some of them are just $50. Like an intern rate is $50. I have found that to be an excellent rate um, in the Denver area. It is a perfect rate. I wouldn't go higher than that if I were you. If you are out there listening, don't go higher than $50 for an intern. Um, you're probably not going to get it or you're, it's going to be tricky to build a caseload for them. For postgraduate, uh, they charge $90 per session. Okay. Okay. And so then everyone that you bring on, so are all your interns paid or no? All of them? Yeah. So that oh. leads me into... You gave me this advice the very first time that we met. Um, you told me, uh, whatever it is you do in your future, have a niche. Have mm -hmm. something that nobody else has. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is something in the state of Colorado, I am the only paid internship at the master's level. Wow. That is my niche. Wow. So they're going to keep coming. Wow. Yep. Look at that. That's a, oh my goodness. Okay. Yep. Well, yeah. So then that means you're going to have a nice flow of candidates and then of course clients for the price. And so have you found that price range to be okay in terms of key? I mean, it sounds like it's okay, but I'm going to ask anyway, <laughs> that price range has been okay to keep the business afloat, pay everyone and still, okay. All right. Yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, at first, right, when you only have one, obviously your expenses, it's pretty even, right? Mm -hmm. You're not making a lot of money. But mm -hmm. when you have more than one intern, yeah, you can make some really good money. And uh, um, not that that's really what it's about at this yeah. point for me. Um, but it really you you have to invest, you have to take a risk. And what as long as it's intentional risk right of okay i'm going to just break even for x amount of time i'm going to be okay with that until such time that i can start adding 
because the one thing that I learned is when you're adding employees, there's so many things that we don't account for. Mm -hmm. We just don't know what we don't know until we are in it and we're experiencing it. And then we have to go back and go, oh, okay, so this I'm going to do differently the next time. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, because I've had so many of them, I'm pretty aware of like the, I guess, like all the different scenarios, of course, not everything, right? Because there might be something in my future, but I'm pretty aware of how I need to, what needs to be in my contract as an example, what needs to be in my supervisor contract as an example, what needs to be in the compensation contract as an example. And so it's all these like learning experiences that have helped me to create, in my opinion, a very good internship program that yes, is highly sought after. My applications that come in are too many to count, um, mm-hmm. considering I only take, well, now I take five, but at the time I was really only taking one. And so we went from one last year to five this year. And that number is only going to grow because that is my goal. And so then how do you, so as they come to you, then you're just organizing them all and providing the supervision and then they get some income. So like from the $50 about how much do they get? They get $20 per client. So is this an hour or how long? Yes, one hour. Okay, so even though that may seem like a small amount based on and not having any paid internship, right? That's still pretty good if they keep doing that, you know, over time. So yeah, yeah, okay. And so you haven't had any, now, so tell me, have you had any issues with anyone that you've hired or anything like that? Of course, you don't have to say any names or anything, but have you had any things that you figured out that in this hiring process, especially as you're expanding so quickly? Have you had, I know you're saying the contracts you were able to fix, but anything else? Yeah, I would say there's definitely personnel issues. You mm-hmm. have to be careful. I think this is the one thing that I have learned is that a lot of people want to open a private practice and they want to work for you because they want to learn how to do that. They're not interested in the training. They're interested in how to open a private practice and to use my paperwork or my process or contracts or whatever have you um, to replicate that in their future. And so that's been a learning curve for me. The very first employee that I hired, um, hindsight's always 2020. Mm-hmm. And so now I am intentional about asking anybody I hire without saying it out loud. I just say, what are your goals in five years? Mm -hmm. And most people that want to work for me to open, to learn how to open a private practice, it comes out in that question. I have learned the art of silence, not just because of our profession, right? Dr. Trimble, we have to be quiet, let our clients talk. But I have learned the art of silence and interviewing and letting people just talk and talk and talk. And if they are telling me that their goal is a private practice, my very next question is, is that part of the reason why you're seeking an internship here? And uh, 
nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. And then I politely let them go. And the interview ends because I'm looking for candidates. It's not so much that I care if they go and open a private practice after they are done. What I care about is that they're, they want to learn how to be a therapist. But that is the goal, especially if I am dealing with a practicum or an internship student, um, because what I found with my first employee is she was more focused on learning the business and not refining her skills. Mm -hmm. And it reflected in her work. And that's a problem because then we aren't practicing ethically and we're not providing the highest standard of care. Gotcha. So then now, how are you getting the interns now? Are you, did you advertise? Did you go to the schools, the universities, or is it just word of mouth? I am telling you, it has only been word of mouth. Mm -hmm. I have done no advertising, um, not even for my evaluations. I've done no advertising for my evaluations. It has all been word of mouth, and it's quickly um, spreading. So it's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So then we have all the employees coming now. So now, even with the person who is, is kind of helping you with the business, and I'm so glad you made the point and you did it, is that learning every part of your business because that person might leave. And that's why I was telling you, you need to know what to do. I don't even know how to answer the phone or you need to know what to do just in case somebody doesn't show up for work or you need. So you learned that part, but now you've hired somebody. So are you, um, is this the first person you were hiring in this position or did you ever have anybody else that was in that position to help run things with you? Yeah, I actually, my daughter has always assisted my, <laughs> um, my baby, um, has always assisted me, Isabel, she's uh, from the ground up, she has kind of been my little assistant. I did attempt to hire an office manager, a different one than I currently have. And uh, again, that intentionality is so important when you are hiring somebody, you need to dig. Because our job as therapists, right, with a client is to dig. Well, we should be doing that with candidates as well, that we are intending to bring on our staff. And uh, this individual that I hired was going to school and then going to become, you know, a therapist in her future. And again, same thing. Her intention was learning the business. It was not about doing the task that I was trying to train her in. So I had to let her go because she was behind on her tasks. And as you know, because you run a very successful business yourself, you have to stay on top of it um, because cash flow, especially when we're dealing with insurance companies, isn't tomorrow. We don't get paid today. It typically is a three-month turnaround. Yeah, and I, and I wanted to ask you that question because sometimes people get frustrated when they hire people and it's not the right person, right? You just keep doing it. I always use the analogy when people say they didn't like a restaurant and then they say, oh, okay, you don't stop going to restaurants. You just don't go to that one anymore. You know, it's the same kind of So if you find somebody that's not a fit for you, whether it is the direct employee like that or your interns, then just take the time to say, okay, you're not a good fit and then just move on and then look again. But it's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to be, sometimes people give up and say, oh, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I'm never going to find a team. And, and you see, you can find people who are like-minded, you know? 
Absolutely. Because I think one thing I have learned as far as having employees is that they are here for a season. Mm -hmm. And that season might be short, but that season might also be a long time. Mm -hmm. And that um, we don't have control, um, which is, is difficult sometimes because we want to have control. But um, letting go of that control and having a different mindset of your employees um, that they're only here for a season um, helps because then in that season that they are here, you really can reflect the kind of business you want to run, mm -hmm. not the kind of business that they are creating because they're on your team, mm -hmm. but the kind of business you want to run. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so let me ask you. So we, I, I believe that there, is, there are external things you need to do to be a six-figure therapist and internal things. So give me one external thing. And you kind of talked about some external things, but give, a, give us one external thing you did that you think that propelled you to be a six-figure therapist. Goodness, that's tricky because there's <laughs> been so many. Um, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> oh, I would say my ability to network. Mm -hmm. That is the one thing that I was intentional with my internship and my master's program. I was intentional with where I chose and which one I accepted. And I did a lot of networking um, when I was an intern and then postgraduate because they hired me. And so I continued to do my networking with various organizations and clinics and pediatric clinics and um, therapeutic clinics and inpatient clinics and so on and so forth. And so when I went into private practice, because that's how I started, I really didn't have to advertise like at all, because all I had to do is let this network know that I was now in private practice and the I filled within one month wow. of opening and I was starting to turn away clients. That's how like intentional I was. And I believe that I really have continued to do that, although less intentionally. So I have built relationships with different universities on purpose. And those are the, the primary universities that I get a lot of my um, intern applications from. Mm -hmm. And again, not that I was like, hey, I do this paid internship program and I really need people. No, it was different. It was like, you know, there is a clinic that offers therapeutic services that does pro bono work that does sliding fail scale fees. And so if you have students that need services because your clinic is full, send them my way. Um, and it was through those conversations that they were, you know, do you offer a internship program? Well, you know, as a matter of fact, I do, and it's paid. <laughs> okay. And so what's one internal thing that you had to do, or you think you're having to do? My, my internal has to be my motivation to create a healthy therapeutic clinic, um, I have such a strong drive 
and a very generous heart. And I really believe that those two things combined have made me as successful as I am. I don't have turnover on my staff. Um, and I think there's a reason for that because I am on the outside, the same person on the inside. I show up the same exact way um, and truly do care about my employees. I very much care about them and I very much care about the clients that we serve. All right. So then what's your now? So I know you want to have different locations and stuff, but if we got the vision all the way out there, what what's the what's the the where you you will sit there and say, oh, I've done it. What, what is what's that vision? <laughs> I my goal is to have five clinics in the state of Colorado okay. um, that are large. So I would like to have, you know, 20 employees in every single one of them. Mm -hmm. I would like to do a continue with my master's internship program and develop a doctoral internship program. My goal is to become a APA. Wow. Yeah. Clinic for doctoral students. Um, and, uh, you know, be a part of that in addition to APIC for programs that are not APA accredited, such as the one I went to. Um, and so that's really my goal in addition to postdoc uh, positions and opening that up as well as postmasters. I currently do that, but I want to continue to do that. And I want to have evaluation services um, across the board. I specialize in autism evaluations and every other evaluation that is out there. And there is a need for that in our community. And so I want to do that in addition to offering different therapeutic services, such as an ABA component in my clinics. And so I really want a one-stop shop in five different locations in Colorado. All right. All right. So I, I can't wait to hear how it happens because I will say, and I, and I told you inadvertently, you, the reason I'm so excited you're here, you are the first person before this concept of six-figure therapist was even thought about. You were the first person who I inadvertently helped to be a six-figure therapist. And I'm like, oh my God. So I was like, she has to be the first person that I talked to because you went even above and beyond the conversations that, that, I even thought, you know, so, so you should be so proud and, and especially to, to train the next generation of mental health providers, which is again, why I'm here, right? And while I was teaching you and that is the goal. And so this piece that you are carving out is going to be so important to, to train the next generation. And yeah. so it's very exciting to see what you come. I'm just excited to see. I'm gonna have to come visit your things. Or you got to have me come by and say a little speech or something. I, I need to come to one of the grand openings or something. I got I got to come to Colorado. I think you do. I, think you do. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am so thankful um, for your expertise and your mentorship. It changed my life. Um, and I'm very thankful for that. I have the vision. I just didn't have the steps, but in just being intentional and pursuing you every single time I saw you, <laughs> I 
did. And look, and now I think I was like, she pulled stuff out of me. That I was like, how she? Because earlier when I was thinking before I talked, to you, I was like, how did she even get all that information out of me? And I don't even remember. But I just remember you, like you said, you just pop up and ask me something and then pop up. <laughs> now I see you a few months later, you pop up. And I'm like, Stephanie just popped up and asked me a whole bunch of stuff. So, but but I remember you saying you applied it. And that's the one thing that I want people to see. You know, we can have a desire to do stuff, but that's the thing about it. You know, it's a lot of times we get information, all kinds of information, but you did something with it. And then you added your vision to it and then you expanded it. Like I told you, I wouldn't even have thought this. And even today, I didn't even know till I read that, that you're even doing all of this because we haven't <laughs> talked about this in a while. So, I mean, and that's the thing that, that I'm hoping that people get from your story in particular is that if you have a vision, you get some help, you yeah. never know where the vision is going to take you. Because even when you were asking me those questions, you hadn't thought about this. You hadn't thought about nine clinics and 10, you know, and all that. Yeah taking over Colorado and you hadn't, you hadn't thought about that so you know your vision expanded as, as you did but you took that first step and you tried it and you moved and then you came back and then you did it and then you moved again and that's the thing is people sometimes are not moving and you never know what's going to happen until you move so mm-hmm. yeah and like you said your tenacity your motivation and I saw that your dissertation I'm just seeing that as, as a human that that I've met that you always had that so yes it's, it's been an honor been an honor to, to, yeah. to know you and, uh, I mean I would echo that because the, the you know what is it the greatest risk you never take or the ones you regret or however that phrase goes it's so true it's if you have a vision um pursue it it's okay if you fail it's okay if you make a mistake just don't go down that path again just pick yourself up and go take a detour down another path like that's what i did i learned that um in hiring individuals, like I said, um, what's their intention? I didn't know that. I didn't think I'd have to be even paying attention to that until such time that it started to show up in their work performance. And then it became something, oh, okay, I'm not doing that again. Now I'm gonna be intentional in my interviewing process and be selective. I'm also going to be okay if I don't hire anybody this time around Mm -hmm. because the right person will come. Mm -hmm. And so I think you're absolutely right about you need to apply the advice that you're given, but then learn from your mistakes and don't rush it because the Mm -hmm. money will come, Mm -hmm. trust me. Mm-hmm. I'm living proof of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hopefully you'll come back and, and let me know, give, give me some updates and uh, we'll have all your information in the, the link. So everybody will be able to find you. So if you all are in the Colorado area and need some assistance or want to learn, uh, we need to get you to get a program together so you can <laughs> So you can teach at some point too, but if you want to talk to Dr. Norris, we'll have all of her information. So you'll be able to, to talk to her and contact her. And again, I'm definitely going to have you back because I want to see what happens when, you know, you keep expanding. And actually I may need to talk to you about some expansion stuff because I kind of have that vision too of a, a big center and all that. So we'll talk about that another time, but uh, you, you might be able to help me uh, to, to, to do something too with myself. So, yeah. uh, so thank you so much. I appreciate you. 
You're so welcome. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you for giving some of your time to listen to The Six Figure Therapist. If something was said that taught or inspired you, please join us on our mission to uplift and empower mental health practitioners. You can become part of the movement by sharing this episode, subscribing to the podcast, and leaving a review. We can also be found at Six Figure Therapist on YouTube and Instagram. Until next time, we wish you wellness. And remember, broke is not your color.